Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, hey, thanks again for pressing play and welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John Voida and I am one of your hosts and first and foremost, happy post 4th of July to everybody. I hope everyone had a fun and safe holiday. And if it's anything like what we had here in Phoenix, hope you had a warm one and you wore plenty of sunscreen. Nice and warm. But the only thing that was warmer in the Valley of the Sun over this past week was free agency and the way that the NBA and the Phoenix Suns operated. The way that we saw our Suns demolish free agency, in my humble opinion, was something that five years ago we never could have imagined. I remember sitting around on 4th of July weekend waiting to hear the news of LaMarcus Aldridge, ultimately here to hear that he ended up being a San Antonio Spur. It's a lot different now, isn't it? This is the Booker, Durant, Beal, Aiton, Suns. We could bring in teams and pl- or players from other teams on minimum veteran contracts with the promise that they would get national TV exposure and have an opportunity to play in our system. And go figure, it worked out well. So that's what we're going to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. We're going to break down free agency, not only for the Suns, but across the NBA as well. For those of you who've been tuning into the podcast, you've heard myself and you've heard Suns Geek break down the transactions as they've occurred, going from Bradley Beal with uh, when Matthew was with us to the Eric Gordon signing that happened this past weekend. But returning in glorious fashion to the Suns Jam Session Podcast, I only have to say this. Take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't belong. My beloved, neither do you. Welcome back, Matthew. I don't know what that means, but it sounded very nice, John. It makes my heart melt a little bit. If you know people, you know what that is. Okay. I don't. (laughs) I have no idea. Google it. You know, um, you said you you come here to Phoenix and you want to be on TV, right? But you also get to go to an all-white party whatever that was about, you know, the elitists and on their boat and wearing all white, all that baby blood, you would think it would just cause a lot of stains, but I guess they're not worried about that. Maybe they're wearing all white because they're like, you know what? We're not sacrificing babies tonight. How can we make sure we don't? Let's just wear white. Matthew's back. Yeah. 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 I mean, this Suns team, half the Suns team was on that. Is that was at that party, right? It was Beal, Durant and Booker, the big three. God, things have changed here in Phoenix for sure. Since LaMarcus Aldridge. For sure. Those were the pre-baby blood drinking pictures. They didn't show the after where all of a sudden yeah. everyone, <laughs> yeah. everybody who was wearing white yeah. at the all-white party. For those of you who don't know what Matthew's talking about, if you're not on Twitter or social media, there's pictures taken where a lot of high-end athletes and celebrities were at a party where everyone was wearing all white. There's pictures of Devin Booker with his scraggly beard that for some reason Twitter's going crazy over uh, with, Tom, with Tom Brady and Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal and all kinds of players and celebrities across all sports and, and, and walks of life. And uh, yeah, I get, apparently they drink baby blood there. That's what that's Matthew's theory, at least. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Book's doing a good job growing out that beard. I mean, he has to right now because you got to grow it out and then have it like 
you know, a little thicker up here because he does the thing where it goes underneath here. Now it's coming up here. He's so got to get it nice and season, man. He, he's got to get it nice and patchy so it looks like Kevin Durant's beard. That's what he's trying to do. That's what he's trying to do. So. I think he's sick of his old look. He's gonna look different next year. I'm with it. New I jerseys, new hairdo, people, new beard. People, I don't care. Like people who are sitting there on Twitter, get a life, man. You're sitting around Devin Booker's beard. He's not. He's in the off season, dude. Let his guy live. That's his what life. you're supposed to do. It's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, he still looks good. It. I think he looks better that way. Grow so. it out, bro. It's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome back, Matthew. I know you've been on vacation. Thank you've kind you, of disconnected you. for a while, and you lucky son of a bitch, you. I kind of wish I was you. Uh, give us one story from being no. not on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> one story from you're not like being I went on the to, podcast. You're like I went to an all white party. No, and, yeah. Uh, well, I was I mean, hanging out with Devin Booker. <laughs> <laughs> I had a vacation for like two days ago to California, and all it was was driving. The rest of it has basically been work. And also just me planning like future events. Um, that's what's been going on. That's why I've been missing some time. And I actually can't remember. I remember the last pod I was on was with Suns Geek. And I don't even remember what we're talking about. I know I missed a ton. And I had to do a lot of um, catching up over the past few days. So hopefully I got some good notes. And I'm very excited about this team, obviously. And you guys probably just, I, I don't know how much more I can say. Because you, Suns Geek, and even um, Coach Fallen Founder. It is Coach mm-hmm. Fallen Founder, right? You guys did a great job. He's, while he's I was equipment gone. manager, fallen founder. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yes. that's his new. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. His demotion. Well, and, Love it. And, and that's why on this episode, I want to talk to you about some of the transactions that have occurred. And I know for a lot of the jamsters out there, it, some of this might be some regurgitation as we refortify some of the uh, the acquisitions that the Sun Suns made. But two things: one, it's the off season. What the fuck else are we going to talk about? And two, we haven't heard Matthew's point of view. We haven't heard him try to say some of their names. You know, oh I'm gonna I, I'm gonna bring up some of the names, <laughs> and I want you to just try to say them. That's gonna be half the fun for me. And yeah. that's so that's what we're gonna do for part of this podcast. And then what I want to do is something that I didn't do with anybody else. I saved this just for you, Matthew. Is talk about other acquisitions across the NBA. We've been completely focused on everything that James Jones, Matt Ishbia, and the Phoenix Suns have been doing over the past week that I haven't even had a chance to voice my opinions on other acquisitions and trades and and signings and things of that nature that have occurred across the NBA. So I figured we'd talk about some of that as well. Sound good? I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. It's only been like two podcasts, right? I know. It's probably like like four. Okay. <laughs> Probably like four, but I will say yeah. since you were, since you've been gone, we did get a new five-star review on Apple. Oh, Podcasts. I miss those so much. Uh, so I want to give a, a shout out to hashtag hashtag Melissa. She went on to Apple podcast. She rated us. She rated us five stars and she wrote the following review. Just sent you your five stars. John found you in early 2021 and have listened after every game ever since. Love the drops and creativity. Great Suns content and excellent analysis balanced with great humor. I appreciate that hashtag, hashtag, Melissa. And I appreciate anybody who takes a little time out of their day and gives us a review on Apple Podcasts, just like Melissa did. Rate us five stars, write a note, <laughs> yeah, thank you. tell everybody. Now, if you happen to be watching on YouTube now, live or at a different time, hit the thumbs up button, hit subscribe, and hit those bell notifications. Let's you know when we go live, because you never know. It's the off season. It might be a random Tuesday, and Matthew and I both have some availability, and we just start talking. Another thing I want to yeah. talk about to, with everybody is, if you're in Arizona, have you signed up for DraftKings yet? Because if you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager five or more dollars on any sport. 
Whether your first wager win or loses, you'll still receive the $150 in bonus bets. All you have to use is the code SUNSJAM when you sign up. Best part is using the code SUNSJAM not only gets you the bonus, it also supports the podcast. So if you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code SUNSJAM to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Arizona. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Check out the episode description for full terms of the offer. All right, Matthew. Are you drinking with me tonight? Yeah. I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm back to drinking water. You know? Okay. I like that's actually a really yeah. good idea this time of year. It's hot outside. Water. Tis. Yeah. With some well, pink salt in it. Well, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Did your psychiatric doctor tell you that you need to do that? It helps you hydrate a little bit better. Interesting. Pink salt. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've got a fever tree, refreshingly light ginger beer. And I'm drinking that with... Vodka? This, this big old American vodka, Kirkland Signature. I'm actually switching from the American vodka, and I just bought a uh, a bottle of the French vodka. Kirkland brand. Oh, okay, okay. It's Moscow Mules, baby. I'm still drinking them. Nothing's changed since you left, Matthew. Still just... That's how I like it. Keep oh, it the same. Yeah. I'm a slave <laughs> to habits. That's why we do the pod so much. It's just it's, it's part of my habit. So, cheers, Suns fans. Let's talk about some free agency. So many transactions for the Phoenix Suns this offseason. So many different deals across the NBA. So much to talk about. So what I want to do with Matthew is, and anybody who hasn't listened in a a few uh, podcasts, is just talk about some of the different players that have joined the team and some different transactions that the Suns have done. The first thing that they did, Matthew, is they opted into the Ish Wainwright contract. Do you think that this was a good idea to bring back Ish? You know, at first we just don't care, right? I think uh, Ish kind of played himself out of his out of our hearts later in the season, and especially in the playoffs, barely getting any minutes. Now in the off season, he's back, and fans are just kind of like, "eh, we don't care, we don't care." But now we get a tweet yesterday. We get a tweet from Ish saying something along the lines of, "I'm listening to your bullshit. I'm going to use this as fuel." All right, that wasn't. That wasn't exactly what he said, but that is something along the lines of what he said. So that's exciting. I think the whole roster that they filled out, obviously they got a lot of great pieces, but we do forget about Ish. And Ish can come back and he can be a solid role player, definitely a big guy that can rebound. We've seen him shoot sometimes. So to know that he is actually just feeling the pressure now and kind of feeling the hate from Suns fans that love hate, it's going to make him even better this next season. I know I'm lagging again. It's Fuck fine. this computer. I'm going to get another one. <laughs> well, if people donate in the podcast, uh, the super chat, we can get some new equipment for Matthew here. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. You know, Ish, I like that he put out that tweet. He's hearing us and he's hearing me. I'm one of those people who's pretty loud about the fact that as we try to fill out this roster, Ish is the one truly expendable guy, in my opinion. We're going to have the ability to have like three two-way contracts, right? And that's most likely going to end up being Isaiah Todd, I'm guessing, uh, there's a couple other guys who they could potentially 
you know, Saban Lee's probably going to end up being a two-way again. I thought Tumani Kamara, our new draft pick, was going to be a two-way, but they just signed him to a four-year deal a couple yeah. of days ago. So that negates his two-way contractability. And right now, the Phoenix Suns have 16 players. Now, granted, they can carry up to, I believe, 21 different players heading into preseason. So if they continue to add guys on veteran minimum deals, that makes sense. It, essentially, what the Suns are telling you is we're not done trying to improve this roster. We're going to continue to explore what's out there. When you look at Ish Wainwright's contract, it is not guaranteed. It is It becomes fully guaranteed on January 7th. So if they were to cut him on January 5th, they're not paying his entire contract. So he does become somewhat expendable. I thought it was interesting that that was one of their first moves. And my my opinion is they they brought back Ish as a safety net in case they didn't go out and get what they wanted. And I think that then they they then proved that they got what they wanted. Their next transaction uh, after fully guaranteeing Cam's campaign's contract, which I think was the right move, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's nice to kind of have his name back. Um, he's kind of along the lines of DeAndre Aiden kind of prove it to me. You know, staying healthy for, is one issue for him. But also just the point guard situation and all. I don't think a lot of us really forgot about it. But now we just assume that it's going to be booked. It is a long offseason, of course, and there could be another move. Flex from Jersey did hint at that. It's a long offseason. Yes. Um, long summer, excuse me. So. There might be another addition there, point guard. Um, I know Darren Collison is actually being – is. I don't know if he tried out already, but he is uh, an interest of the Suns. Mm-hmm. So that might be an option there too, not as a starting point guard, but just kind of add to that depth. But Cameron Payne has a lot to prove. And uh, coming back, it's kind of in the back of our minds, obviously, just because of all the new fun pieces we have. So it's kind of nice. We don't have to focus on him so much so he can come out and just have that energy that we expect and to be a facilitator that he can be. So there's a lot of expectations going to next season, but it's under the radar a little bit for him. So maybe that's what he needs. It's just to be that guy to be like, Oh, remember Cameron Payne? Remember how good he was three years ago or whatever? Like he can come back and maybe be that guy and it'd be a lot less pressure for him. Dude. He was so good in the bubble, man. Those eight games. Woo. Remember it's crazy that we still have him though. Isn't it? It kind of seems like he would be a guy we move on from, but He's still there. Him and Shamit, who would you choose, right? Oh, amen. I'd campaign yeah. 10 days out of out of seven, you know? So uh, <laughs> well, I like what Blaze Megatron in the chat says. Uh, campaign is a good locker room vibe guy. True. And that, and that he is. And, you know, we need somebody to dance on the sidelines and get everybody all jazzed up before the games. And campaign can meet that need. But I think that that's a good contract. We are trying to get a bunch of guys on veteran minimum deals. The point guard position in this new look Suns is really going to be a, a positionless approach and something that, again, Suns fans need to accept moving forward. We're used to having the point god, and we're used to the traditional point guard. And if you look at, as I've stated before, and I'll state again to anybody who argues me with the fact that we need a traditional point guard to be successful, look at the fact that Jamal Murray just won a ring, that Steph Curry won a ring before him, uh, that Drew Holiday won a ring before him. The, the traditional point guard isn't going to equate to a ring. You need you need shot creators. You need people who can play some defense, and you need people who can straight up just shoot the ball. And we have all three of those things. Uh, Cameron Payne, I thought it was a, an astute move to bring him back. The Suns then pulled the qualifying offer off the table for Jock Landell, who ends up in Houston. Oh my! God. About Jock Landell, four years, thirty-two milli. Yeah, Houston, Matthew. Well, Houston's having quite, um, we'll talk about them later, but they're having quite the offseason of additions, just random things. And it reminds me of the Phoenix Suns about, what, eight years ago with, um, you know, signed Ryan Anderson and then yeah. you signed um, 
Well, Trevor Ariza. <laughs> Trevor Ariza just throwing money at these guys. Like, what is going on? That's yeah, what it reminds like, me yeah, of, kind yeah. of. Yeah, that's Dylan just, Brooks this year, right? Just bring in some names. Uh, but yeah, Jock is not a name, but he got paid a ton. And I love Jock. I wish he was still on the team, obviously, but I kind of like Eubanks too. But Jock's kind of, he hasn't earned it, but I've always been a fan of his. And I think it's well-deserved, but it's a lot of money for that dude. But I think maybe he can play his way into a situation where he kind of earns it. But honestly, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> Do yeah. you? Like, no. it's just a lot of money for Jock. That's a lot. I think Eight he's million a year effort guy, but that is... That's insane. I thought that was a dream right there. Well, it goes to show you that the Houston Rockets, who were a team that needed to spend money, so they, that's what they did, is they spent money on, on Dylan Brooks, on Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> and then they brought in Jock Landale at $8 mil a year. And I'm sorry, like, we all love Jock on this, on this podcast. We love him on this yeah. fan base. We love his drop. Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jack Landale. We love my him. favorite drop. My favorite no, drop. It is. Love it. Mine, mine too. And it's 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 going to stay in, in the, the archives from when we play Houston. <laughs> um, but he's not worth that kind of money. Good, bad, and different. You know, we're going to no. talk about Drew Eubanks here momentarily, but Eubanks is a better player, and he came here on a veteran minimum, whereas Jock Landale. And good for him. Like I love that Jock got his money. And I'm glad that I'm not the team that's going, yes. Do you know who's worth $8 million a year? Jock Landell. Like, as a fan base, I would be pretty frustrated, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, if I'm a, I wouldn't know what to do with myself with that team. Obviously, there were so many young guys. You got to surround them with something. But the veterans they got in there, are they leaders? Are they anybody that can actually, um, you know, break up a locker room fight or something? Or, you know, someone is just, complaining about their minutes not finding their role do they have someone to step up i don't see any of those guys doing it it's just the most random team i've ever seen and it's a 10 11 win team next year for sure <laughs> i think i think it's gonna be fucking nuts over i there. love uh <laughs> you're not wrong oh houston they're 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 a special breed of but but i like <laughs> yeah. but i like what fabio in the chat says because this is kind of true he goes uh houston needed to overpay players to get veterans kind of like we quote unquote overpaid rubio <sighs> Which is a yeah, fact. that was now granted. Rubio, I feel like it had a, a much trans more transferable skill set yeah. and was a starter, whereas Jock isn't a starter. That's the only difference there. But Fabio's right; they had to, as a franchise, because they had the money, step outside of the norm to just try to get people in here. Because what's going to happen is in a couple years, that's going to be a highly tradable and stackable a contract when they're looking to make their next move. So you have yeah. to bring you you have the money to do it. Bring in a guy who's a hustle guy who's going to go out there and, and give his all possession by possession, uh, kind of like a Rashawn Holmes was, right? And then they go out somewhere, and then they trade him in an effort to try to get something else. And that's what ultimately the Kings did the same thing with Rashawn Holmes, is they brought him in, uh, paid him a, a contract that we all thought was outrageous for Rashawn Holmes. And then when the time was right, and the time was this offseason, is they ended up trading him to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, what did they end up getting for Rashawn Holmes? Where is that transaction? Do you remember? You probably don't. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, somebody in the chat remind me. Rashawn Holmes went to Dallas for something. I got to hear all teams. Dallas update. Thank you. Spot Track is literally the best website on the planet. Rashawn Holmes and uh, their first round pick, Oliver Maxence Prosper, 
and and Sacramento require uh, acquired TBD. It's still not even. They just traded him. <laughs> you know, they they got the tenth. I think they traded back a pick or something like that. But yeah. that's the same kind of concept. Uh, and we're spending way too much time talking about Jack. Rondell. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Next up, so now we're going to hit some. Uh, I, I do want to hit the two other players that remained with the Phoenix Suns, just so you have an opportunity to talk about them before we talk about the new guys. First up, today I met this cat. He said his name was Damian. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Matthew, what are your thoughts on the Phoenix Suns reacquiring one Damian oh. Lee? I was like, are you playing a drop? Because the whole time I just see you going like this. I didn't oh, even did. see the drop play. This it was, is fun. <laughs> you're lagging that bad, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think it's fine. I think um, he was back. one of those guys. He definitely played himself out of the lineup. And you go back and you're just like, well, do you trust Monty really with the rotations last year, right? I mean, Lee was was just, he was absolutely, I think, marvelous in the beginning of the year. I think he was a guy that we're all excited about because of the championship experience. And I think really what happened was all the injuries and all that and all the minutes they kind of put on these guys, I think that kind of killed them. If he can just be yes. that guy. And we we wore this out last offseason or last season where it's just come in and be the sniper. Just be that guy. He was doing too much, right? Getting to the rim yes. and all that and the little floaters. So I like it. It's fine. I think he's a good piece still to have on the bench and he's some veteran leadership. And I feel like he's just that guy that come in and just help the Suns out on a night where they need some shooting. And I think he can just... If he can hone down on that, I think that'll be great for him and this, and also the Suns just off the bench. Do you think Damian Lee becomes the new Landry Shamit? No, we'll never have that again. Why? Because it's the it's the effort and stuff. Obviously, on the offensive end, it's Damian Lee. Obviously, holds himself up better on the court than Shamit ever did. Shamit in the playoffs was something different. Defense really stood out. Yes. But Shamit is a guy who never believed in himself all the season, the whole season. Damian Lee actually did. Damian Lee was doing too much, but he was asked to do too much. And he did the best he could. He knows who he is. And I think Vogel will know who he is. And obviously coming off the bench, he's just going to be that shooter. And he's confident in it. I, I expect him to average hopefully three or four a game if he can. Because that's what I want him to do. And that's all he should be doing. Damian Lee will fill the Shamit role, but he will not be Landry Shamit. What was Shamit's role? Shamit role Shamit's role was to come off the bench and download threes. And he did so very sporadically. Whereas Damian Lee would has the same role, come in, download threes. But the difference is, like Blaze Megatron says, D. Lee is too cool to be the next Shamit. He's too confident. He's sitting there doing the threes. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's pointing at the bench. Uh, and, you know, Blaze also says... Not sure why we really need D. Lee. I hope he's early season Lee, not late season bum. And as Matthew stated, the reason he became late season bum, and a lot of these guys had challenges because we were so injured all season last year that these guys had to step outside of what their roles were. Therefore, they weren't successful because all of a sudden, like you said, he's doing floaters. He, he, he's, he's attacking the cylinder when that's not what we need from him. The other reason Damian Lee won't become Landry Sham, it's quite simple. He signed a veteran minimum deal. Landry Sham was on like a $10 yeah. million deal. So we're sitting there like this is the guy who's coming off the bench. We're playing 10 milli and he can't make a fucking three. And he, and he on offense, he's shy. He's trigger shy and he's inconsistent as hell. So D Lee coming back, I think is a good move for Phoenix and fills a role that they definitely, definitely, definitely need. The other guy that came back. Hey, a Kogi, Matthew. Did you yeah? Did you see the drop that time? 
I did. <laughs> it was beautiful. Maybe my new favorite? Eh, I don't know. He's my favorite player, though. I'll play, I'll play Frank Bogle for you in a minute. There's going to be a lot of new favorites. And the Frank Bogle, <laughs> that one's definitely my favorite. Yes. We'll, we'll play it momentarily. Everybody, the Frank Bogle drop's coming. One. Get ready to turn your, your volume down so you don't oh have to hear this gosh. shit. Uh, I couldn't stop listening. To the one time you texted to me, I couldn't stop listening to it. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Obviously, all you guys know, all jamsters. If you're new here, I'm a big Josh Okogi fan. I think he's awesome. I always wanted to be the starter. So if you're talking about Booker, Beal, and him, and you know, as those three, the th- the three guards, I'm okay with it. The only thing is, you'll say like maybe you put him in there for defense. But also, I gotta say, I think Beal and plus Booker is going to definitely improve on defense. He's already been a stud. I think Beal will be fine. That's the one thing they're talking about is defense with the starting lineup. If Aiden can hold his own and Aiden be the defender that Vogel wants him to be, as long as he's still on the team, then Kogi would be nice in there. But I think they're going to find another piece that might fill in there. I think you had, um, is it, who would you say, KBD or KBD mm-hmm. to be the starter maybe? I have KBD. an option there. So That's it's something there. But defensively, if you do play that small, I think it would be fun to watch with Kogi in that lineup. Um, but we'll see. And I said have him back, but make sure he is practicing those corner threes. Yeah. Just all season long, that's all he's doing. Uh, just a drink in one hand, and then the other hand just shooting the <laughs> corner threes, and that's it. It's like it's like no white t-shirt party for you. You're practicing. <laughs> yeah. practicing. Not yet. You haven't earned it yet. You yeah, earned it yet. You got to bring your own baby. I, I've said it before. <laughs> I, I've said it before, and we're going to talk momentarily about Eric Gordon. Obviously, yeah. even with the Eric Gordon transaction, the Josh Okogi reacquisition is probably the thing I'm most excited for. It's not the best transaction. I think that bringing in uh, KBD. And bringing in Eric Gordon were better acquisitions. But bringing back Josh Kogi is the one I'm most excited for because mm-hmm. he is a Frank Vogel type player. He's a defensive player. Frank Vogel drools at having a guy like him, a guy who plays, you know, at six foot four with a seven foot wingspan, who rebounds like, you know, a, a dog chasing a bone. You know, he's just, he, the energy levels are off the roof. His abilities are, are out of this world. And I'm just so, so excited that we're bringing him back. Yeah. I can't wait to see he's last year. There were times where he was just like a better Mikhail bridges at certain, certain times he was, he was playing better defense. What, what it felt was like that year. He yeah. was. So I can't wait to see him a little bit more improved next year for sure. So the first acquisition that the Suns made right after free agency began was bringing in drew Eubanks from the Portland trailblazers. And he played for the San Antonio Spurs uh, before that. Drew Banks, if you will. Drew Eubanks. Drew Banks. See what I did there? Uh, I didn't ask you to pronounce that name because I I figured that you probably would have the ability to announce it. But I do want to real quick talk to all the Jamsters out there. I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun. Again, if you get a chance, head over to brightsideofthesun.com, the SB Nation fan site for the Phoenix Suns. And I had a conversation with Blazers Edge's David Deckard. And he's somebody who covers the, the Portland Trailblazers for Blazers Edge, which is the SB Nation site for the, the Portland Trailblazers. And I asked him a few questions. So the first question I asked him said, what is the deal with the Trout of Shackdale nickname? And he said, Shack of Troutdale. Because it's a small suburb of Portland, Moton, uh, known mostly as a place to get gas before heading east for the scenic drive along the Columbia River Gorge. Eubanks grew up there. I'm not sure the exact origins of the moniker, but he clearly, uh, but he's clearly the best basketball product and maybe any product to come out of Troutdale. He also plays bigger than his reputation indicates. Those who uh, may have contributed to the obviously overblown comparison of the Hall of Famer uh, 
Shaquille O'Neal. When I talked about his uh, his weaknesses and his strengths, he says he's efficient. He never takes bad shots. Uh, you know, his, his he shot sixty four percent from the field last season, um, and he said they're not Andre Drummond put back dunks either. Eubanks has a like that his man would have. Uh, he's got a bit of a face up shot. As long as you don't dump him in the post and watch. He can find a way to score from 10 feet and in. He's ultra smart about when to take a shot, when to pass it up. On defense, he's always willing, never backs down from a challenge, and is a pretty good help defender. That's how his blocks come. His size keeps him from being a true one-on-one defender against bigger centers, unfortunately. And the last thing I'll say that uh, David Deckard told me is he goes, and I love, I absolutely love this comparison, because I go, how would you describe him? Physical or finesse? Cerebral or a brute? Confident or passive? It was a mix of both physical and finesse, depending on the situation, but he's better when he can be physical on defense, finesse on offense. He's he's both cerebral and willing to mix it up, though not to the extreme. He's definitely confident, but he lets his play do the talking for him. Drew Eubanks isn't your gourmet restaurant that you share with your special guests from out of town. He's that open late food truck where you can still find a good-sized, well-made burrito at 2 a.m. for 6 bucks. He's not going to get a Michelin star, but somehow you feel a little happier every time you visit, and dang it, it's your place. I love hearing that about Drew Banks. Yeah, it's perfect. It's always good to hear a lot of good feedback. Um, I think even when he played with the Spurs, too, he had the defensive glimpses there. I guess he was like the 108.3 defensive rating when he was there for 49 that, games. Which is great. Which is great. Um, Yeah, that was the one question about him, really. He can play both sides, but like his defensive presence isn't there. I think his offensive role in Portland was just something where he had to, he had to fill a big, big shoes with Nurkic being gone. Um, injured in that. And I, I just think that what he can bring to the Suns is maybe a potential fan favorite too. And it's just like the high energy, high IQ kind of guy that the Suns are bringing in. But this guy is going to be the guy that comes in off the bench and people are going to be looking forward to seeing him play. Yes, I think he will be better than Jock just because he's a little bit more athletic. He can finish at the rim better. That was one thing Jock could not do. He struggled with a ton, but the guy can actually make an effort to dunk the ball over guys or just play the pick and roll too. He looks pretty mm-hmm. good in that scenario. And that's someone that, you know, can play well with Cameron Payne at times. Hopefully they can build something there. This is what I've always, I've always just wished that someone would just stick with Cameron Payne and no injuries. Just you guys get some time together and, you know, make sure that you have that chemistry. And that would be nice because he can play pretty good fucking offense with the point guard on the pick and roll. He can, his spacing's really good. So of course, a lot of good shit for him and he's still a backup center. But it's just a good replacement for Jock and a lot less money for sure. Yeah, and on both sides of the floor, he he will have an impact. Whereas Jock only had an impact on one side of the floor, which was offensively, and Bismack Biombo only had a impact on the floor, which was defensively. Yeah. The next acquisition for the Suns, Matthew. How do you say this name? Oh, KBD. Okay, Kata now- Bates Diop. Kata Bates Diop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're getting it. We're getting it. it Kata Bates Diop. That's okay. how you say it. Kata Bates Diop or yeah. KBD. You down with KBD? Yeah. You know me. <laughs> Is that the shout, out drop? To, shout out to Matt Hood on that one. Um, what are your thoughts on Kata Bates Diop? I think, I think it was a great acquisition from the Spurs, a low key guy who, uh, if you look at Borp dollar sign from John Hollinger, it's a, it's a metric that he has to dictate value of a, player in the free agent market and what they actually get. Like, for example, his metric had Josh Akogi making 9.3 million and we got him on a veteran minimum. Kata Bates Diop is in the same boat, about a $9.3 million evaluation yeah. on the market. We got him for 
a minimum. And again, the guy who I think is going to start for the Suns based on what happens in training camp. Yeah, I think it's a lot of potential there. I think the two-year $5 million is really great. Um, Pounding the Rock SB Nation gave him a B-plus last year, right? There's a lot of high IQ kind of effort players that the Suns are getting. This is one of them again. Mm -hmm. A wing defender that definitely can help around the rim. Um, I think he'll get a lot of opportunity. I wasn't thinking maybe too much, but you throw him out as a starter. I think he can fill a lot of holes out there just because he plays with the high energy and he takes advantage of the time given to him. Yes. And that's one thing the Suns are doing here too. Like these guys that are going to come in and the age bracket, the age range that they're in, they, they have a lot to prove. And this is one of those guys too. Um, I just, I like the fact that he is just a high IQ player that's big and can do a lot on the floor. I don't know if I see him as a starter. We'll see, but I do see him as being one of those role players that we will look forward to coming in off the bench. I just see him as a starter. He's six foot nine. He's got a huge wingspan. He gives us some size. He gives us some rebounding. So Kevin Durant doesn't have to be down there banging bodies to get the boards. You don't want that. I don't want that. We got to get that power forward. Yeah, exactly. And I yep. think Kata Bates Diop is that guy. Him next to Aiton, they can patrol the paint on the defensive side and they can make an impact down there. So KD can focus on scoring on the opposite side. So Kevin, uh, or I'm sorry, so Devin Booker doesn't have to play the three necessarily. And he can focus on doing the same of being an offensive player and knowing on the defensive side, he doesn't have to take up guys who are bigger than him. Kata Bates Diop is much akin to Josh Kogi, a guy who plays bigger than he is and has the same kind of motor, if you will, but he's six foot nine instead of six foot four. He's got a seven, three wingspan and seven instead of a seven foot wingspan. So he's big. He's got a, a high motor. He's a grinder. He's a guy who's a two-way contract who, who earned his way into this league and is low key was a, a really solid addition on the San Antonio Spurs at the at the Suns once again did a great job getting. Yeah, I'm very proud of the pickups, dude. I really am. There's a few more, right? All right. How do you say this name? Uh, Chemezi Metu. Chemezi Metu. That's right. All right. And look all at right. you, man. You're so much better than the Aussie Suns fan podcast with their funny accents. They I never know what they're wrong. saying, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now That's why I struggle so much with them on the on the pod, dude. It was just like, <laughs> what did you say? Oh, but, oh, but, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. So what are your thoughts on Chimetsi Metu from the um, so Sacramento Kings? It's a, it's another guy that wants a lot of playing time. Um, I think um, the Kings Herald did point out that he had, sometimes he had a little bit of an issue with the playing time he had in Sacramento. Um, so I don't think that's anything huge, but I think it's a good plus. I think it's something that, I mean, any kind of plus is good, right? Plus minuses. If you're looking at a plus, it's a good thing. So the plus really is just, um, him wanting to be out there kind of reminds me of um, Baisley a little bit. Baisley just not having as much time. Maybe this guy is the same way comparison. where he won't get a lot of time out there, but you'll see glimpses. His weaknesses, obviously, they point out where the defense and the three-point shooting. Mm -hmm. But I just like that he wants minutes and he cares and he wants to get out there and play hard. It's just how well is he going to play in those minim minimal minutes that he'll have out there. We'll see, but I just think that he'll have the effort. I know it's kind of like, why is he on the team? But we just maybe need that third center out there once in a while. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be days. There's going to be games Bingo. taken off to where he can just kind of prove himself there. Another prove it guy, another uh, athlete, another long player, uh, somebody who is at the back end of the bench. You know, you didn't bring yeah. in Metu to sit there and win you games. As, as much as Gavin from Aussie Suns fans loves him, as he stated on one of his most recent podcasts, this is a guy who's buried deep on the bench and is a depth play for the 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 long marathon that is the season. Kind of like Damian Lee. Damian Lee's not going to be a guy who's going to be pumping in points during the playoffs. 
neither's met to, but you know what? They're going to get some playing time during the regular season. They're going to spell some injuries and hopefully due to his, uh, you know, athleticism and ability to attack that, he, you know, good things are going to happen. That's what I'm looking forward to with, with Metu down there on the bench. All right. How do you say this name? Utah Watanabe. Utah Watanabe. There he is. Oh, yeah. There Behind Matthew. Matthew has That's a great amazing. graphic. my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's got a great graphic. Is that a, a, a Suns Illustrated Suns Illustrated. Yeah, at Suns Sh- Illustrated. Shout out, shout out to Suns yep. Illustrated on Twitter. Uh, Utah Watanabe, one of the favorite uh, targets of people throughout Suns, the Suns universe. The Suns got him. The left-handed Asian Cam Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm excited about this guy. You know, I think last pot I was like, you know, I didn't watch any film on him or anything. Well, I watched some stuff on him. All right. I looked some, I read some articles on this guy. All right. And obviously yes. all the Suns fans wanted him. The Jamsters wanted him. You wanted him and we got him. So, you know, when I'm watching it, I'm just like, I think this guy's going to take a lot of, he's going to be the guy where he's going to take advantage of a lot of opportunities on the court where guys are getting double teamed and then he'll, he'll hit the pick and roll. He'll be ready. He's a guy that's not afraid of the rim. He'll drive on anybody, find the mismatches, but also everyone does say like the, um, the three point shooting only two attempts last year, but I guess a couple months last year, he wasn't really missing a whole lot. So he plays well alongside Kevin Durant. Um, It's exciting just because I think he's an unselfish player. But also he's he's a defensive player too that can like pick pockets and, and he's quick. He's yes. quick. He can he can start the break. He can do a lot of stuff out there. So it's kind of like I want him to be selfish. I want him to be the guy to find the mismatch and just take him one on one, draw the foul, finish at the rim. We'll see though. I think I'm very excited about him, and I think a lot of people should be. I just I I just don't know what to expect him in the Suns uniform. I'm excited to see him maybe with that starting lineup too. I like what Blaze Megatron says. He goes, "Isn't Utah playing with the Sands?" So if you wa- if you look on Twitter yeah, when, when Utah went to Nabi, we retweeted him signing with the Suns. It translated in Japanese to Sands, and it took us it took us back a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't know how far back you want to go, but once upon a time, the Phoenix Suns had uh, a a point guard named Ricky Rubio who used to call us. Phoenix Pieza profunda e higiene, confía en HS para un pelo 100% libre de caspa. Clínicamente probado. HS, champú número uno en España. For those who are listening, that's the Ricky Rubio uh, <laughs> Spanish commercial for <laughs> head and shoulders <laughs> that we just played. It's fantastic. Uh, the last guy, uh, and real quick on Yuta Watanabe, mm-hmm. uh, just to get everyone prepared, my, my observation is he's somebody we're all excited for. He doesn't create his shot off the dribble very often, but if and he will be integrated into lineups where Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are out there, or Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, or Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, and he'll have those open shots, and that's where he's going to shine. That's where his value comes in. It's not necessarily from somebody creating off the dribble, like Cam Johnson can do a little bit. How do you say this name, Matthew? Aaron Gordon. That's incorrect. Damn it. We were so close. Yeah, I almost got him all right, huh? You were so close, Matthew. It's <laughs> Aaron like. Gordon. Oh, it's uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Can I find it? Can I find it? I can't find it. Dang it. Oh, there it is. Terrible. Take a lap. Take a lap, Matthew. It's Eric Gordon. Uh, Eric Gordon, finally a Phoenix mm, Sun. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on that? How yeah, often I told have we you, said his name? I told you it was a Terry on the Sunday. I really think people were questioning the the sixth man. I think there's another addition out there that the Suns might go after, but this is a perfect fit. I think he's kind of struggled kind of in Houston, obviously, just sitting in there on the bench while the dude's fighting next to him. He's just looking ahead like, 
Why, not, why am I not out of here? Well, now he's a son for cheap too. Uh, two years for $6 million. Is, that's insane. That's, that's, that's insane. That's good money. I think the guy is going to be a lights out shooter, obviously. And it's kind of like the defensive thing where I think Beal will come over here and people say he doesn't play defense. He'll play defense under Vogel. He will for sure. He's not going to be elite, but he'll be a good defender. Same thing with Eric Gordon, shooting lights out. He has the confidence back probably. He is older, almost 36. I think he's 36 years old. But he's he's going to be just playing that backup guard position to come in and just knock down threes. I think he's probably very excited to be on an actual good team now. And that will just um, regenerate his spirit a little bit, coming back to a team that has actually worth something. So I think it's awesome. I think uh, just based off of the uh, the last podcast, there was the five uh, million views we had. So it was, <laughs> had to be a good signing, right? <laughs> It was a great signing, and it's a guy who can close games for you, a guy who's going to play 24 to 32 minutes if need be, coming off I the bench. I did hear Bill say that, closing the game. Is that really something you think that they'll throw 100%, out there? 100%. Yeah? Okay. Based on the lineups and based on the flow of the game, you can have a, a lineup where it's DA, D-Book, Bradley Beal, KD, and Eric Gordon out there. And it can be – that's your small ball, you know? And it's just – it's – the versatility yeah. with him bringing in, it definitely gives us a fifth best player. May not necessarily a fifth starter, but a fifth best player. It gives us a sixth man, a, a, a guaranteed sixth man. And it's just, I, I think it's an absolute great signing. It's an absolute great signing for the Phoenix Suns. And as you mentioned, it solidifies everything that we do and everything that we did via free agency. So now before we get into all of the other signings and trades and all that, I do want to play a drop for you. go that's that's for the kids in the back seat who are just that's shut amazing. up back there dad's trying to listen to a son's after podcast loss what do we do just sit here with pouty faces maybe we can bosh in here you know let's <laughs> anger out bottles of <laughs> get nuts so let's talk about some other things that happen in the nba okay uh oh real quick a a two dollar Super chat from King Bro. He says, "Mega V China is the is the best new singing signing signing." Did I say singing signing? Yeah, but what is that? I don't know. But thank you for. Well, yeah, thank you. We totally agree. <laughs> so says Jay. My youngest just asked me what you guys were doing, <laughs> losing our minds, <laughs> losing our minds. All right, so. Looking at some of the other uh, transactions that occurred in the NBA, I'm going to go with some of the big names. I'm going to start with the big money. Do you know who ha- who signed the biggest contract this thus far this offseason, Matthew? Is it um, – hold on. No, I don't know. Tell me. Jeremy Grant, five years, $160 million, okay. and it equates to – now that's the largest contract relative to uh, max value – if you go to average annual value, it's Fred Van Fred Van Vliet who went from Toronto to Houston. So yeah. let's start with Jeremy Grant. Do you think it's a good idea to pay him that much money? It equates to thirty-two million a year. Of course, talking I mean, contracts with Matthews never fun. You know, like, none yeah, of it yeah, matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you can do whatever you want out there. It doesn't matter. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Obviously, Portland's going through some stuff right now. I think it's maybe one of those things. Not as bad as Houston, but they're kind of just throwing money at guys to keep them. Um, 
you don't know what Lillard is going to do, but honestly, he's probably not going to go back. He'll probably be traded, but there's no one really to trade to. Um, it's, it's disgusting. It disgusts me. It's, it's too much money now. Jeremy Grant two or three years ago might've been worth it because of the potential, but right now he's not worth that much. Good shot creator can, you know, fill the stat sheet on a bad team. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, he probably is, (laughs) but he got paid good for him. I just think that right now Portland's just going through some shit and they might just be throwing money at guys. Right. Well, I think that it obviously started the wheels in motion for this whole Dame thing. And I think, unfortunately for Dame, at least this early in the whole process, it he requested that trade just a little too late. Because like, if he wanted to go to the yeah. Heat, the Heat were primed and ready to go for him. But then, you know, the, the Heat made their own transactions, ultimately. You know, they decided, okay, well, uh, it, it doesn't appear that we're going to have a shot at uh, Damian Lillard. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to make some of our signings. We, we, we're going to bring back Kevin Love. All right. We're going to bring Josh Richardson back. We're going to bring Thomas Bryant to the team. Um, and in doing so, they kind of uh, they, they kind of screwed themselves in trying to bring back and have the assets necessary to uh, or and they let Max Struess go. Uh, Gabe Vincent is now with the Lakers. So some of the guys that they could have utilized in a trade like that, they didn't retain in an effort to do so. So now the leverage is gone. And unlike Bradley Beal forcing his way to Phoenix, there is no, no trade clause for Damian Lillard. So he, Portland's going to wait it out. And they, you know, I think they probably had an understanding beforehand that maybe Dame wasn't necessarily happy. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to pay Jeremy Grant. We're going to start to make him the cornerstone of this franchise or a cornerstone of the franchise with Scoot Henderson as we try to move forward. And then we're going to try to maximize the value of Damian Lillard. But yeah, Portland's a mess right now. Portland's an absolute mess. You think the Lakers have a chance to get them? No. Yeah. They just don't have the assets. I don't think. I really don't think. Okay. Fred Fred Van Vliet yeah, signed a three, yeah. three three years, one hundred twenty eight million. That comes to salary of forty two point eight million dollars. Uh, they signed Dylan Brooks for four years, eighty million dollars. Uh, they brought Jeff Green over from the Denver Nuggets. So talk a little bit about Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks. Chuck Landale, Jeff Green. Talk to me a little bit about what you think Houston's doing. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I mentioned earlier, but um, the whole thing for me is basically, can you find someone that can be a leader on the team? Fred Van Lee, I think, would be perfect on a team like the Suns, be that point guard. Obviously, he's he would be overpaid for that yeah. position, I think. He got a lot of money there, and that wouldn't be anything Phoenix would ever interest in paying him at all. But I think he would fit well with other leaders, on a, like, a, like a Devin Booker or something. I don't think he can be that guy. He seems kind of quiet. He kind of just plays his own game and does his own thing. Let the kids fight around him. But we'll see. Maybe that's some guy he can step up to be. But it just seems like you have guys there that are just like themselves. And they're not looking to actually just develop a team. They're not looking to actually, you know, work well with the young guys. It just seems like these guys that are added, there are just going to be like, we're here to get our paychecks. And that's it. That's the way I see it. I think Dylan Brooks, you can throw him on a team. I like Dylan Brooks. That's way too much money. You could throw him on a team like Phoenix. I would have loved that to be a starter. I'm not I'm not even lying. I would have liked that a lot if he could just quiet down a little bit. But on that team, is he gonna learn anything? I don't think he, I don't think so, but he got his money. That's all he was looking for. hundred percent. I don't know why people said he was gonna go to China, but he's he's not gonna go to China. He's not going to China. He's getting paid 20 million to play for the fucking Houston Rockets. It's gonna be a weird, interesting team. You look at this team, they have some young guards 
that they were hoping to develop. And now you bring in two guards, a starting point guard, and a starting shooting guard necessarily uh, to start in front of those guys. So they're bringing some veteran presence. I don't know if it was in the right spots, but whatever, whatever, Houston, whatever. Uh, Kyrie Irving stays with the Mavericks. Any thoughts? Pre-traded. I don't Kyle, see that working out still, right? I don't either. I love I love it. I love it. They for got Thibel too. Yeah, they got Thibel today. Uh, who it's signed? So, dude, they, they gave him what thirty uh, eleven million a year. I want to say is what oh. they gave him. He was a restricted free agent with the Portland Trailblazers. Dallas provided him with an offer sheet, uh, and the Portland Trailblazers are like we're not matching that shit. Thibel, Thibel's a one. You know? <laughs> we're gonna pay Jeremy Graham, but Thibel, Thibel that yeah. much. Usually I don't care about contracts, but man, like, I don't know. I, I think Tybal, he has an upside. He does, but it's another guy where you just have to throw in a situation that's well-planned out, well-developed. I don't think Dallas has, who else did they get? They got Tybal and they got Kyrie to come back. Was there anybody else? They went and they got Grant Williams today from Boston in a three-team oh, trade that involved okay, two picks. I didn't see that. So mm-hmm. uh, they, they got bad. Seth Curry. Uh, they got Justin Holiday, who was one of my um, initial or no, Justin Holiday went to Denver. I'm sorry. He was with Dallas. Okay. So they brought Kyrie Irving back, Dwight Powell back, Seth Curry from Brooklyn, and Grant Williams from Boston in a three-team deal. So they added, and then Thibel today. So they added a couple defensive guys in Williams yeah. and in Thibel, but I still don't necessarily see it working because you still have Kyrie and you still have Luka, who both just don't play defense, and that's your starting backcourt. Yeah, they both don't don't care in the right way. They don't care in a team way. They don't. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens to that team, but it doesn't look good. I don't, those signings are cool. I like the names, but just meshing, it's going to be a weird, weird fit for all those guys. How would you feel to be an Atlanta fan right now? Atlanta didn't do shit in this (laughs) offseason. Do they They even have any players on their team? They do. do You think they they try to trade trade Young? Like they they, they re signed uh, or they traded John Collins. I'll give them that. They did trade John Collins. He's gonna. He's now going to be playing in what, Utah, I think it is. Pull it up real quick. Hit the button. Carry the one. Um, they, they traded uh, John Collins to Utah yeah. for Rudy Gay and a second-round yeah. pick. That's what it took. So no more John Collins. But outside of that, like that's a team that didn't do shit to get better. Yeah, what do you – but like I said, like do you think they're just trying to push the Trey Young thing? Is that – is that something where they're just trying to actually push him out of Atlanta and just try to get rid of these I guys? Think, I think it just smells doing, so bad over there. I, I, <laughs> I think what they're doing is they're standing pat right now. They're going to pay Trey another year. They're going to see, you know, give Trey another shot as well. They yeah. should. And when he sucks or, or does it, I wouldn't say suck because Trey young doesn't suck, but he's not a complete player. He's not a franchise cornerstone uh, to win a championship essentially. Yeah. And so, so I think they're going to kind of write out what we can do and hope off of his offensive. But a do it was for offseason. Yeah, sorry, you're Brooklyn re signs Cameron Johnson four years. Oh, I know I'm freezing. Everyone's saying in the chat, dude, like my internet sucks. I got two people home and they're all, they're both streaming shit. So it just kills my internet. So you can hear me okay. And I guess that that's all, that's yeah. all that matters, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I can. I'm so frozen. Of. It's all um, right. We're almost done. Brooklyn, <laughs> Cam Johnson, yeah, four years, one hundred eight million. God the bless twins. Him. Yeah, God the bless twins. that dude. Yeah, man, I uh, I'm proud of that man. I wish he was back here, but you never know. Another year, maybe they can both be back. Who knows? No, it's not gonna happen. 
Uh, Brooklyn also, <laughs> Brooklyn also obviously lost Utah Watanabe to the Suns. Uh, they gained Dennis Smith Jr. because Dennis Smith Jr. wants to be on every team in the NBA. And they got mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker. I thought that was a low-key, uh, classy signing. Yeah. yeah. Remember when we did the free agents? I, I was like, go get that guy. The way he played the Lakers, too. He's out. He's improved so much. You know, you thought he was just a defender, but he does so much more on the court now. Um, I'm really happy for that dude. Um, I wish I was someone that maybe the Suns picked up, but... We filled the bench so good where it doesn't even doesn't even bother me anymore. But that's definitely a great Agreed. pickup for them. Yeah, it is. It is, and I agree with you. It, you know, the, the one thing that's nice is we go through all these different teams and we talk about what they've accomplished in free agency. Is there's no jealousy on my half because I think we did an absolutely fantastic job. Yeah, uh, I think we killed. They killed it, and we didn't even going into it. what what were they gonna do? We had no idea, and they pulled it off, man, name by name. Pretty impressive. Humble. It's unbelievable. I'm still kind of just like, I'm so excited for this team. I'm so oh, yeah. Excited for this team. I'm excited for the drops. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other side. It's like, I have a whole summer to start thinking of drops and stuff. Some <laughs> of them I'm not going to have done by the regular season because we got to get to know these guys a little bit. I got to know the personality a little bit. Is. You got to feel them up. You got to kiss the nipple, the neck, then, you know, see what they're really about. A hundred percent. And that's how you know when the drop is right. Uh, speaking of guys who've had former drops with the Suns, Tory Craig and Javon Carter are now Chicago Bulls. Are you now a low-key Bulls fan? Yeah. Aren't they they're Bulls? Are they both from Chicago? I know Javon Carter is, right? Yeah. I'm not sure about Torrey Craig, but I know They Javon just look Carter like Bulls is. players. They look like Suns players are Bulls players. They just look like 90s from that the 90s, uh, you know, the finals or something. I don't know. They just remind me of that, but they both look like Bulls players. And um, I'm very happy. And I might be being I might be in Chicago next season a lot. Mm. So maybe I can go watch them play and just be like, hey. Remember, we had you on the pod. And they're like, nope. And then I, like, all right. Show them a clip of one of their drops. It's like the, you, we play yeah, the juice one. Check this one you out. Play, yeah. He, you play the so juice one. And he, he's like, why Why are you doing that? He goes, why are you 13 that night? Because <laughs> he's just like, why? What's up? Stop. Well, I love they're on that team right now, man. Uh, Cleveland added Max Struess from the Heat. They re-signed Karis LeVert for a two-year, $32 million deal. Uh, they got Gorgine Yang from the Philadelphia 76ers. They got Ty Jerome from the Golden State Warriors. And they let Robin Lopez go to go play with his brother in Milwaukee. Any thoughts on Cleveland? No thoughts on that. That's fine by me. Denver, defending champions. As I mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, they went and they got uh, Justin Holiday. They re-signed De'Aaron Jordan, DeAndre, De'Aaron, uh, DeAndre Jordan. They let Thomas Bryant go. Uh, this sucks. Hold on a second. <laughs> You're good, dude. No, is, I literally, like, is your I'm, screen I'm, freezing too, or what? What's going on? Or is it just no, names? no, no, no. The page I'm on, I'm on Spot Track, and an ad starts playing in my ear, telling me to buy oh. a fucking Honda. Oh gosh, it's so punch. tough. Mm. Yes, mm. Bruce Brown so goes to Indiana for two years, forty-five million. That's an overpay, right? That's that's an you just won an NBA championship. You were part of that team overpay for Indiana, right? It's like, hey, besides Jokic, he's the one that really stuck out the most, I feel like, in those games. Yeah. And you know what? Deserved. Deserved. I don't think so. I did I, I disagree. <laughs> he's stuck he's stuck out though, man. I know, I know, I know, I know. But he's the, he's the Detroit Pistons got Monty Williams, and then all they did was get Corey Joseph. From uh, or they let him go. <laughs> That's oh. about it. <laughs> Golden State, obviously, Chris Paul is now going to yeah. be on that team. Uh, did you talk Draymond about that on the pods? You did, right? You're talking um, about Chris Paul. 
Not much. I mean, we did. Go on talk a little goal. Chris Paul. Well, I just lo- I just want to say it's really interesting. I think he'd be a really good backup there. Can he be a backup? I don't know, but I think that that is that, that point three, of his career should be. He should be. Maybe they can talk him into it. Um, you know, swallows pride a little bit, but that's a good pickup for Golden State. I think. I think that's. Um, I know it's a lot of money maybe for him, but I think just having that personality on the team, it'd probably help him. But all we know is they won't win a championship next year because Chris Paul doesn't win championships. So we don't have to worry about them anymore, right? I'm <laughs> just joking. A little slight. Hey, we're pals. Chris Paul and I are pals, so he understands. We're just kidding That's around. That's funny. Uh, somebody's uh, uh, F Zooks in the chat. Chris Paul, Draymond fight coming soon. Oh, it's already happened. See that. It's already totally happened 10 that. years ago. <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo left them for New York, four years, $50 million. Thought on Dante DiVincenzo joining his former collegiate teammates, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart with the Knicks. I like it. And the Knicks are just that team right now where they just need like those little pieces to keep building. Don't tear anything apart. Don't make a big trade. Just have what you have right now and just love it. And just add those little pieces like DiVincenzo. I think that's a perfect little asset for them to pick up. I love it. I, I like that team. I'm too. glad they kept everybody together. That's so a, that's going to be a team that I'm watching is the Knicks. I want to see how it goes. I really yeah, do. I really do. Me I too. think that they, uh, they're just they're going to be a fun watch. Those guys are all grinders, man. They're like Mikael Bridges. They're all grinders. Yeah, they really are. It starts with Brunson, man. It's that guy. He's he's a killer. He is, man. I, I he's a killer. <laughs> gained a lot of I gained a lot of respect for him when we played them in the playoffs, and to see him go out and then execute on that the following season uh, with the Knicks last year, I think I, you know he gained my respect. That's what you get yeah. uh, from me, Jalen. I know it ain't worth two shits. It ain't worth two nickels rubbed together to make a dime. You look at the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, here's the transactions mm-hmm. that they've made. They re-signed Russell Westbrook on a veteran minimum deal. Obviously, Eric Gordon is. Now with the Phoenix Suns, they re-signed Mason Plumlee for uh, a veteran minimum deal. And then if you look at their trades, they traded for Kenyon Martin Jr. from the the Houston Rockets for two future second round picks, which I think is fucking was a great move. So they didn't get extremely better, uh, especially because they kept uh russell westbrook but what do you think about the clippers as a team russell westbrook mason plumley's still there you still got obviously paul george and and uh Kawhi leonard and then kenny martin jr who's a young athletic mm-hmm. uh guy uh yeah what do you think i'm not gonna go uh, down the guy. path of hey if they stay healthy i'm not gonna do that anymore i'm done with that i think they're stuck i think they're a stuck team i don't think it's ever gonna pan out That's a good way to put it. i just i just think they are i don't the whole injury thing we can go back and forth like if they Man, Paul George looked like an MVP last year. And honestly, he can be an MVP a lot of years if he can stay healthy. Defensively, offensively, he's a killer. Like he is definitely the guy that you don't want to see on the opposing team because he can end games for he's he's been that guy lately with the Clippers when he's healthy. I just think they are stuck in this position where these guys they can't get out of it. They can't get out of these contracts. They have just no rhythm to it at all. We'll see. But right now they are stuck. I think it's a great way to describe the Clippers right now. A team that has a, high, a huge payroll. They have two aging stars who have a hard time to stay healthy. And I think that you're right. They're kind of stuck with who they are. Uh, they still have Rocco. They still have Norman Powell. And I still think that those are very valuable assets and guys that make playing that team tough. But I, I don't know if they got better. And that's the question. Did they get better? Uh, another team that I don't think got better, and they just essentially changed, 
and a big part of that's because okay. John Morant got a got a 20, 20 game suspension. Is the Memphis Grizzlies acquired Derrick Rose, and then they've also acquired Marcus Smart in that trade that sent Kristaps Porzingis to the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Thought of this this offseason. I think it's a good pickup. I think Smart was a guy that I wanted on the Suns. Um, I think he actually is that guy that can be a leader for John Morant. Um, even though he is missing some time, he can definitely help him out. And while he's gone on the court, he can definitely help him out. But the team got a little bit better. I think they did. Losing, um, what's his name? We just were talking about him. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Losing that guy, gaining some actual high IQ guys. I think it's a good ad for them. Um, the only thing they have to worry about is JJJ and John Morant. They had such a good thing going until Shannon Sharp showed up. But now they like like the Knicks, just kind of keep adding little pieces to it. Don't don't just don't just pull it apart. Even though I don't think John Morant trade wasn't even a thing, but just don't pull it apart yet. Just keep adding little pieces. I like that. This is a team that needs veteran leadership and they need quality veteran leadership. You don't need Dylan Brooks being your veteran leader. So no. adding Marcus Smart, adding Derrick Rose, I think it accomplishes just that. Derrick yep. Rose went to college at Memphis, so it's it's a homecoming for him of sorts. He's going to wear number 23, just like he did when he played collegiately. And I think that from a veteran leadership standpoint, they got better, but I think overall from a talent standpoint, they're, they kind of stayed the same. And what does that mean on the court? We'll see next season, but I don't know if it's anything that blows you away. If you look inside our division, the Sacramento Kings uh, didn't do much. You know, they lost obviously Chimetsi Metu to the Suns. They re-signed Trey Lyles. They re-signed Alex Len. They re-signed, uh, or they haven't re-signed yet, Keon Ellis. And the only trade that they made is they acquired for draft compensation Chris Duarte from the Indiana Pacers, which I think is a good move for them. It gives yeah, them another you, shooter. You like them, right? I do like Chris Duarte, yeah. but again. I feel like they didn't necessarily address a need. That's a team that has unbelievable offense, and they added more offense, but they still don't have defense. Mm-hmm. So unless they uh, develop into a better defensive team, they didn't really do much to improve themselves on that end of the ball. Obviously, they gave uh, DeMontis Sabonis a huge contract, and, and they, they locked him down in Sacramento, but I don't know if they necessarily got better or not. Do you? No, they didn't. They're kind of the team that if the injuries happen in the playoffs – they're the team to come out and just be victorious. Like if because they have so much offense. Yeah, the team they play against, there's a big injury or something, then they then they can pull something out. That's how I think of them right now. No one thought they would be what they were last year, the first year under Mike Brown. Maybe they pull off the Suns thing where they just win a, a ton of fucking games in their second year under, under Mike Brown. And that team is something special, but they are missing one piece. That's why I kind of was like, try to get Draymond in there or something, get some extra player, some superstar in there to help that team out but they just played it safe right now. We'll see if they make any big trades. I doubt it, but if they keep it the same, it's not a bad thing either. I think that team just needs a winner. Just keep winning and keep this together. And they want to try it again to let it ride to see how it goes. And I think that that's that's a smart move. The last team I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Lakers, because if you look at a lot of the national pundits and the grades that they gave out in free agency, the Suns are at the top of a lot of people's lists. Not only the way that we've operated in free agency, but the way that we've operated this offseason overall. But the team that's number two on a lot of those lists is the Los Angeles Lakers. They believed, yeah. or they believe that they got better. And I, I want to go through and tell you all the moves that they've made. And I'm going to ask you afterwards, do you feel like they got better, got worse, or stay the same, Matthew? So they re-signed Austin Reeves, who was a restricted free agent. He got four years, $56 million. They re-signed Rui Hachimura, who was a restricted free agent, who got three years, $51 million. They re-signed D'Angelo Russell 
who was an unrestricted free agent, who got two years, $37 million. They signed an unrestricted free agent from the Miami Heat, who they who just went to the NBA Finals, and Gabe Vincent for three yeah. years, $33 million. They uh, They brought in Cam Reddish from Portland. They brought in Jackson Hayes from New Orleans. They brought in Torian Prince from Minnesota. Outgoing guys, uh, Dennis Schroeder to Toronto, Troy Brown Jr. to Minnesota, Malik Beasley to Milwaukee, Lonnie Walker to Brooklyn. A lot of moves, a lot of moves. After you hear all that, do you think that the Lakers got better, stayed the same, or got worse overall, Matthew? I think they got a little bit better. I think they did. Um, the only guy that left was Schroeder that I'm kind of like, uh, that's I'm not Schroeder. I'm sorry. Lonnie Walker, obviously mm-hmm. just talked about him, but what they actually did with bringing in those other pieces, I think they got better. Is it weird? It's got, it's kind of just weird to say like, Hey, the Lakers actually have a chance to be a title contender next year. I know for us, because we always talk about the injuries and stuff, but just their depth and stuff just makes sense. And I think the biggest thing is just Austin Reeves and the play. He'll, I think he's gonna be so much better next year too. He's an unstoppable guy. He really is offensively, and it's injuries. But I'm not even gonna get into that. This no, no, the team on, on paper, paper right on now. On paper, on paper, they look fucking great. They do. See, I I don't agree, and this is one of those things that low key is driving me nuts internally, and that's why I'm a, I'm happy that we have a podcast because I have a forum to talk about this. Yeah, I think the Lakers kind of stayed the same, and I think the same is overrated. I think that the Lakers, you know, they were they're the team that got to the Western Conference Finals last year. So everybody, by making a couple additions, like, well, that's going to put them over the top. The Lakers are, remind me a lot of the Hawks a few years ago who went to the Eastern Conference Finals and haven't yeah. sniffed it ever since. You got LeBron James, who's a year older. You got Anthony Davis, who's a year older and injury prone, but taking that off the table. You you sign D'Lo who's going to be with the team the entire year. And don't get me wrong. Like this team found an identity at the back end of the season. They played well together and that's why they can make that run. And they went yeah, through a, a, they went through a golden state team that I feel was also overrated because of their previous performance the year prior, they lost some good pieces after that championship team. Uh, and ultimately they paid for it in losing to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and, and how many people told us that that was the most impressive sweep they've ever seen in the Western Conference Finals? Man, they got their asses kicked, but or they 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 Good lost every game. To, they, they got <laughs> every game was close though. So I mean, it was really no fuck. They didn't win one game against the Denver Nuggets, and this loss team is, is an a amazing loss. team. A yeah. loss is a loss. Austin Reeves is a good player. Uh, and maybe he'll garner that contract. Simply, what makes Austin Reeves good is he has the ability to draw contact and get to the line. He's allowed to play aggressive. There's a flopping rule next year, Matthew, and I, it'll be interesting to see how many of those occur on the offensive end. Guys who are bobbing their head and getting all crazy, yeah. right? Austin Reeves is one of those guys. Rui Hachimura had a decent postseason. He only had a, a couple really good games, and everybody's like, oh, they brought back Rui. What a great move. Rui Hachimura has been, has been a less than uh, expectations player since he was drafted, I think, eighth overall by the Washington Wizards. Gabe Vincent is another guy who played well in the postseason. So a lot of these guys have that postseason shine. They think that because they had a successful postseason, it's going to equate to regular season success the whole next year. Whereas these guys don't, none of them have a track record of that. Uh, Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes. Yeah. Torian Prince is the one guy that they got that I actually really like. And I think that that was. Yeah, that's a good pickup. But when you lose Dennis Schroeder and you lose Lonnie Walker, it's almost a wash. And when you and when you lose Malik Beasley, you know everyone thinks that the Malik Beasley going to Milwaukee 
situation is something that is it, what a, that's one of the best pickups this offseason. By the same time, they're blowing the Lakers over here for how great they are. So it's again, it's one of those things where the Lakers are going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs next year. I'm assuming you have LeBron James and you have AD. But I don't think that because they made all these moves, they're necessarily better. And I'm sure that Lakers fans are saying the same things about the Suns, that we brought in a bunch of mid guys for veteran minimum, veteran minimum deals. But I will take our top four over their top four every day of the week and twice on Sundays. That's a fucking yeah. bad. And the Suns didn't, Suns didn't overpay either. And at you all. said they're not going to be good regular season, but they don't care about the regular season, obviously. They don't they'll get to. a lot of shit. Maybe they'll trade deadline. LeBron will get other guys. But these are kind of playoff guys, and they kind of saw how they were gel- they were gelling in the playoffs. That was the biggest thing. I think that's the only thing they needed. So, and then that's all they're looking forward to next year, man. I don't think the regular season matters. Obviously, there's gonna be a lot of rest. I don't think they're done though. I think they make another probably trade. Or not. Probably yeah, not. Probably. I think they make You're a right. trade. Now, I think I think that the Lakers Maybe become a hot it. trade guy or trade team come the trade deadline season. Because you have those those contracts in Rory, in Austin Reeves, that if this team isn't playing well, you can stack those and maybe go get that Damian Lillard, as you mentioned. And yeah, that's a different yeah. conversation. And maybe that's why what they did is good, is they set themselves up for that next move. But as is, I just think that it was a lot of lateral moves for that team and a lot of players without proven track records that everybody's like slow clapping because they think it's just an You brought back, I mean, Bill Simmons loves Austin Reeves. And we know it's because he's white. Like he's, you know, he's got an affinity for those guys. So he's like, Austin Reeves, what a great guy. It's like, Austin Reeves is okay. Don't get me wrong. Like he's a good. I like him a lot though. I like he's him, but he's, a, but he's a good fourth player on your team. And right now he's being paid. Like I think he'd be a third guy. player. I, I think he'd be a third guy. I'd have to see it on a longer timeline than what we saw. If you have, if you have guys like LeBron and AD that can stay healthy, he's a perfect third guy to that. You know, just kind of like the Manning Ginobili was a perfect third guy to Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. Fast. Same thing. You know what I mean? Just two big dudes. But Manu Ginobili's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Austin, Austin Reeves has done it for like be. a half year, right? Yeah, like, we'll see. We I just settle he, down. He's a perfect third dude. That just could piss you off and win a game. We got to And again, know that I am a Suns fan and I hate everything the Lakers do. And so I see it through that lens and I can respect and understand that. So mm-hmm. uh, last question before we depart for this longer podcast what grade do you give the Phoenix Suns for how they've operated thus far in free agency? I give it a day. Good. I now going to satisfied. Now, now go into Brightside and add that to the. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I have that whole thing. Five yeah. like five questions for Brightside contributors. Man, get get that right on. I agree. Okay. I think an A. I think an A is the right answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know. I think uh, Suns Geek or Fallen Founder said A minus, and that's fine. We can play with the minuses and the pluses and whatnot. But I think this team. They have me so excited, so unbelievably excited for the next season because I think that oh, they address a lot of their yeah. things, a lot of their 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 deficiencies that we saw. Uh, we have Bradley Beal. We have Devin Booker. We have Kevin Durant. We have DeAndre Aiden. Much to your chagrin, Matthew, how are you feeling on DA right now? <laughs> right mind too, Lizzie. Love back you, of my Justin. mind, man. Just sitting back there. I don't care right now. I'm okay, excited. Good. I'm the most excited to hear him talk and hear what he has to say, even though I hate it because he always I'm, lies to us all the time. But I'm looking I, uh, forward to media day. Uh, media day and all that. I'm excited to see that again. See see what it's like. I don't know. Like him walking into the gym with the guys and they're just like, DA, what do they think? What first comes to their mind? Like, oh, here we go again. Or I'm looking forward to this. This guy is ready to go. We'll see. See if he's locked in, mm-hmm. ready to go. 
On that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and we're going to skedaddle. Thank you to everybody who's joined us, whether you're watching along live in the chat right now and you're firing up those comments. We truly appreciate them. If you're watching a little bit later and you leave a comment, we read every one of those. You guys know we do. And if you are listening, thank you for taking a little time out of your day to do just that, to listen to a Suns podcast in the offseason. Make sure if you're you're on Apple Podcasts, you rate us five stars and you write a little review, just like Melissa did earlier. And we'll go ahead and we'll read it right here on the podcast. Mention my name. Say Matthew. Say hello, Matthew. Hello, Matthew. And maybe, uh, again, you could take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't know why I don't belong. And my beloved, neither do you. And remember, we might be coming to you live after Summer League games. The first one's Saturday, right? Saturday night. We going to do a post-game show? We'll see, huh? Okay. Maybe tune in for some for some post-game pods on Summer League. Ooh. Oh. What should, what should they do if they're not doing that? Poop their pants or go home love their family. <laughs>